That's for that. So turn your Bibles today to, we're going to be in Samuel, the first book of Samuel. You know, we've got a special message here on taking time to hear the voice of God. Taking time to hear the voice of God. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, we're going to read about a man who took time not only to hear the voice of God, to listen to God, and to do what God tells him. And the power there is, and the message there is in Samuel seeking God. Today we have a special privilege and a special uh, heart's concern to take this message that God has given us, New Testament, Old Testament, all in between, to take this to a world who has never heard of God's grace. In a world which is a hustle-bustle all around us all the time, a time to, to remain, be still, and know that He is Lord. That's the main thing, folks, every day. To take a time to be still and know that God's in control, that He loves us, He's our Father in Heaven. He wants to hear every need, every concern we have. He never gets tired grows weary of hearing our requests. That's the amazing thing about God, folks. His long suffering with us is a, th- a million times greater than ours is with His. And He understands that. That's why He's our Father in Heaven and we're His children. As a Father pities His children, He pities us. And helps Him to bear with them, our weaknesses. So today we have a beautiful message. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and just thank Him for the music we've already had today. And this, having blessed the rest of this day. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your powerful word you give us, Father. The power of the Old Testament scriptures. The heroes of faith, Father. The stories we've heard since we were young children. How they jump out and leap off the page at us, Father. And they speak to our hearts as we study your word. And they challenge us to go an extra step. An extra mile sometimes. Extra smile. Father, thank you for people you've placed in our lives to show us and give us record, Father, how your word still stands, regardless of what's going on in the world outside around us. Your word is a standard and is a strong tire to our hearts. It is a foundation we can build upon. It's like the rock of ages, Father, for it will never and ever fail us and never ever steal us wrong. As long as we stay in it, Father, your word never will steer us wrong, but back to your heart always. Thank you for the time you've given us. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Today we read of Samuel. We know the story of Samuel. His mother could not bear children. She prayed the Lord to give her a son, and if he would do this, she would give him back to the Lord for the rest of his life. And the Lord used to would see fit to use him. And Samuel grew and was in favor with both men and the Lord. Now to be in favor with men and the Lord at this time meant you were a devout man and a man of integrity. And Samuel was still a little child, and yet he was still devout. Grew up in a time where Eli's sons uh, were, were, uh, became wicked because Eli let them do pretty much what they wanted to do once they were in the temple. And they become wicked. Hophni and Phinehas um, died the same day because they were so wicked. And Eli, their father, died the very same day he heard them passing away because he did not, the Lord chastised Eli for not making his sons, not bringing them up in the ways of the Lord and making sure they adhered to that. In other words, for not disciplining his children, he got to see them die. And the very most special thing back then was the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was taken out of the temple and gone, okay? And for that to happen means, you know what, back then meant the presence of God was gone. 
The Ark of the Covenant was gone. The presence of God was gone. So this man, God just left the house. Okay, and your son. And one reporter told Eli this. He fell back from his chair and broke his neck right there and died instantly. But God said because he did not use vision that God had given him, God took away his vision. Eli used to preach in the temple. He used to serve the Lord and preach the word of God. And he used to pray and he used to offer the sacrifices to the Lord. And he had gotten away from doing those. His health had failed, and now he's lying in bed fixing to go blind. But, but the Lord raises up another one. He said, I will raise up a faithful priest that shall do according to what that is in my heart. And in my mind, I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before me, anointed forever. That's the saying. The Lord anointed him when he's, when he's very, very small. He will walk before the Lord, and he'll be a righteous man, man of integrity. So it came to pass then, his mother brought Samuel to Eli, and then our story starts here in, in chapter 3. The Lord called Samuel, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days because there was no open vision. And what that means is the Lord did not come to men and, and women give visions because they become so corrupt. The last vision given here was not Eli, the priest of the Lord, the prophet of the Lord, was not his sons because they were wicked, was to give, given to Samuel's mother. And the Lord came and visited Samuel's mother, and when he came and visited Samuel's mother and told him that she would bear a child because she, her prayers had been answered, Eli thought she was drunk because he didn't know what the vision of the Lord was even about. He should have been, very, he should have been the first one to know what Hannah was prophesying. When he seen Hannah, he should have known exactly who was on her. Not, not evil spirit, not wine, not drunkenness. She was filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And he should have known that, but because he was not in tune with the Lord, he did not know it. He did not know or even see or acknowledge the Spirit of God. We see here, because he had, he had, he had gone away from the Lord, and his sons had gone away from the Lord, and this caused a dangerous cancer in the temple of God itself. And it must be dealt with here. But he does have, still have the heart of God. In other words, he still has the heart God had given him. It's just being glossed over with all these years of not being. Just what we said before, what? Glorify the Father's name by, by thanking him for having gratitude for what he's done for us. He's lost his gratitude, and he, lost, he spared the rod, which the Lord said not to do with your children. He didn't discipline his children. But it came to pass... In time, when Eli laid down this place, his eyes began to wax dim. He could not see. And the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark was that God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep. And the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou callest me. Now, the only Lord that Samuel knew at this time was Eli. Eli was his master. Eli was his father. Eli had raised him. And Eli actually raised him up in God's word, which is the best thing he could have done. Because that's all Samuel knows, is to worship the true God. And he said, I call not, lie down again. And he went and laid down. Now this shows Eli is not very in line with the Lord at this time. He has a prayer life. He's not prayed in probably years like he should pray. So he was in touch with the Lord. He had known exactly who that was that called Samuel the first time. He had known that the Spirit of the Lord calling him calling Samuel, he would say it the first time, but it takes him three times before he even recognizes what is going on here. And the Lord yet called again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli, 
and said, Here I am, for thou dost call me. And he answered, I call not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. In other words, it's been taught to him, but it hadn't been revealed to him. He's, he knows the scriptures. He knows the, he's already memorized the books, the, the book of the law, the first five books in the Bible. He's got a head knowledge up, but it hadn't been placed in his heart yet. When it comes into a place in his heart, when God calls him, he becomes very powerful. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he rose and went to Eli. And Eli said, Here I am, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Find it the three times. He finally perceived it. It was the Lord. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Now how did, how did Eli even know to say that? Because the Lord called him one day when he was young. The same way. But it took him three times to understand that Lord had not left him. He had left the Lord. And the Lord was still willing to use him. And he used him to raise Samuel in the way he should go. And the Lord came and stood and called his other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth shall tingle. And that day I'll perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. Now realize the Lord called Eli's house his house, not the Lord's house, his house. He had turned the Lord's house into his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. In other words, he's going to take him out and his sons out the same day. For I told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. In other words, he, didn't, he did not discipline them the way he should have. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. The lineage, you got you to understand here, the lineage, the family history, the heritage would go on and on and on until Christ died for their sins. That's a long time, folks. And the priest here, the house of priests. That's exactly why the priests, uh, God sent up a great priest, a great judge, a great prophet, and there'll be five or six bad judges, bad prophets of the Lord. And in Jesus' day, he said the priests and kings change money in the temples and keep change from themselves, charge people to change in God's house, and none of it goes in the offering plate, goes right in their pocket. That's why Jesus run them out of there with a whip and turn the tables over. He said, you money changers, you den of thieves. You take money from people that's not even yours. He said, you turn my father's house to a den of thieves and robbers. And my father's house is a house of what? House of prayer. And you turn to a den of thieves. He turned every table in there over, run them out of the temple. Because his father's house, he purged it. And God said, I'm fixing to purge my house. I'm getting rid of everything in here that's evil. And so he purged the house. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he answered, Here I am. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do it to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me, all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him everything that hid, hid nothing from him. And he said, Is the Lord, let him do it seemeth good. So see, Eli at this point had conviction in his heart. Eli knew it was too late for him. He was fixing to die. He knew it. The days were growing. Uh, Eli was close to 100 years old. 
and he's growing older and older each day. He's getting more frail. But it says here that he was in line with God's heart because he said the same things as we know the prophet, as Job said, you know, that he, it's the wealth of the Lord. He's in control of my life. What it seems right to him, let him do, because he's the Lord of God. And he just announced it to Samuel. And from that moment on, Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. Did not, none of his words fall to the ground. He was a great man of wisdom. Even as a young child could speak and prophesy and tell people he got vision back in the temple. And all of Israel, from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. He was already anchored deep in the faith of God. He already knew the parchments, the letters. He already knew the, the Old Testament of God. He knew it by heart, the law of God. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. See, the Lord always reveals to his prophets. He comes to him in a still, small voice. He called David in a still, small voice. Y'all remember the prophet? Who, who anointed David as king? Y'all remember? Who anointed David as God's king? Samuel anointed David as God's king. Samuel came to David first and sent all his great, big, huge brothers, mighty men of war, and sent a little shepherd boy. And God said, there's your king. And Samuel anointed David, made his brothers very mad, upset. Made Jesse proud. One of his sons was going to be king, but his brothers was very mad at him. Who's this little puppy dog sitting over there to them, see? But who slayed the giant? David slayed the giant. His brothers seen David. The Lord was with David and never left him. And their brothers seen that. Became a great king of a great nation. God called Samuel to be the same way. God was with Samuel always. Samuel slayed armies with God, with the sword of God, he called it. Samuel slayed armies and killed false prophets, slaughtered them, and God was with him and never forsaked him. Samuel had the wisdom and knowledge that God gives Solomon. Wisdom and knowledge to discern things, to know to go to war and not go to war. He would tell King Saul, God's anointed, not to go, Saul to go anyway and be slaughtered. He'd tell him when to go and God's blessing, and he would just defeat nations that were ten times the size of Israel. He knew how to discern God's spirit. But Samuel knew how to discern God's spirit because he spent time with God. And somewhere in his upbringing, Eli told him, even though he didn't practice this, he practiced enough to show Samuel. And when Samuel prayed, then Samuel spent hours in prayer to God. And he communed with God because it said that God came and revealed himself to him again as Shiloh to strengthen him. See, the Lord we're, knows that we're always going about hurried about everything we do in everyday life. We're, you know, we need to be still long enough to hear God speak, but we're hurried and hustle-bustle about everything that goes on because we live in a fast-paced society and around all of our times say, yes, God, I want to hear from you, but, you know, come on. Uh, before I hit this next light, come on, give it to me. Let me hear it. You know, with the radio blaring, the window down, all the, everything honking out there, people running each other off the road, road rage, blowouts, people shooting at each other. But I want to I hear that. I want to feel that peace, and I want to hear that word, Lord. Bring it to me, you know. And, it, and he won't do it that way, so he never will. Because... Most of the time, he speaks in a still, small voice. When he speaks, you have to have the heart to listen to him, see? He didn't call me. He didn't, the Lord didn't call Brother Darrell to preach 12 years ago by when I was in the middle of a, watching the NFL football game. Matter of fact, 
He called me on Super Bowl Sunday, and praise God, Dallas won the Super Bowl that day, 1994. But I could care less about the game. I was in church and singing in the choir when he called me to follow him in the Lord's ministry. And it was a still, small voice, folks. It was, in a, it was in a song, it wasn't even in the sermon. I forget what Brother Don even preached that day. I couldn't tell you what he preached on, but when that song came on, I surrender all. He knew it was time to knock on my heart's door. It was the same feeling, folks, I had when I was saved. Exact same pull of God's Holy Spirit tugging at my heart. Like he had his hand in there and just tugging on it. And it's the same experience you can't run away from. He has you hemmed up right there. And so say yes or no, and I'll never ask you again. And you know, at that moment, you better say yes to Lord God Almighty. See, Samuel said yes, just like I said yes. His life was never the same after that. Mine was neither. See? And he calls his prophets, he calls his children the same way. God will tug on your heart's door as you are quiet enough to listen to him, as you praise him in song and through Meditation of the scriptures of his word, the powerful word of God. He will speak to you through the word of God. He will speak to you through other Christian men and women who are around you. He speaks to the brotherhood of the saints. The Lord God talked to an 80-year-old woman, a precious woman that served her church family for 60 years, who came walking right up to me and said, Brother Dear, I have a message to you straight from the Lord. And when she told me, I knew it was God's word because you know what? At that time, she was the prayer warrior of the whole church. She was the one who prayed over that property. She was the prayer warrior that walked in being with the light of Jesus. I knew that God had a word that would come through her. And she told me that word to step out in faith. Follow the Lord of ministry and step out in faith. And I believe it was that, that evening when I gave my heart to the Lord. I did exactly what she had told me about. She said, don't confer with anybody else. I have a message to you from God. Pray about it and make a decision. Just like that. That's a, that's, a day, that's a week that I set the Lord's call right there. And the Lord tugged on my heart. And she knew, folks. She had vision because she spent many, many hours in prayer with God. She knew him. She spent time with him. I knew the Lord had called me because I was spending many, many hours of prayer with the Lord. Many, many hours at the church, teaching sixth grade boys, Sunday school, singing in the choir, doing the things in the house of God that are godly. I had godly men, deacons, teachers, pastor to build me up in the word of God. With all those things that I had placed on the back burner years ago, memorization of scriptures, and I went to a Christian academy in the first four years, they all came back to me, folks. That was 25 years later, and those things become recalling in my mind, and I can say them today because the Lord... God speaks to us during those days and during those nights, even in our sleep. See, Israel was thirsty for a vision from God, a fresh vision. They had no vision because their land was corrupt. And even the judges back in would take money from people more than they were supposed to. And the, and the men who collected money for taxes would take more. So everybody was taking then, not, not giving, takers. And so God raised up this root, this fresh plant, this fresh tree out of all this dead grass and dead weeds. He raised this beautiful tree up. And he said, this tree folks will come to. And Samuel was blended well with the cultivation of God's spirit as he cultivated his life. He grew strong. 
And he knew that God knew him by name because he called him by name, just as he calls us by name. Beloved. He has a name for each one of us. We have a heavenly name. You know, I can't imagine Texas' name even changing. It's probably going to be Texan Heaven, Texas. You'll probably be stuck with Texas forever. That's a good name. Can't think of a better name to have. But the rest of us will have a heavenly name. The Lord remember you as Texas. You'll represent Texas. <laughs> The rest of us have a heavenly name. And well, we'll know that name is our own name. We'll know it just as well as our mother's voice in heaven. They said we'll have that name stamped on our foreheads. The first time we can actually eligibly even really receive a tattoo on the forehead, and not people laugh at you, okay? We'll be stamped by the Lord's on our foreheads. It's a beautiful thing. It'll be like a crown, a crown of glory. But he knows us by name, and we learn his word, and we learn to reach out to him through the times of meditation and prayer and through other Christians as they come and speak to us, as they tell us things about the Lord, have a word from you from the Lord, a beautiful thing for someone that you know has been saturated in prayer to come tell you beautiful news, news that will just make your, make your knees knock, you know, make you tremble, make you joyful at the same time. But at the same time, you know it's from the Lord because you knew the Lord's heart. Seeking, listening, hearing God's voice is the key to knowing God's will daily in our lives. We cannot know God's will in our lives except for his overarching will, which is that none should perish, but all come to him through Jesus Christ. But to know his will daily in our lives means that seeking and listening to the voice of the Father. We have to take this time each day when Samuel heard God, he was quiet and still, and he was almost asleep. He was laying down, just fixing to fall off to sleep when God called him. So he was at peace. In other words, you could hear a, you could hear a, a pin drop. It was quiet. The whole house of God was quiet. Samuel and Eli stayed in the room right next to the church, or they could go right into the church and minister to God's house. But it's so quiet, you could hear a pin drop and hit the floor. Sin attacked the countryside around them, see? And people were jealous, and people had envy, and people were lustful in their hearts. But God had called a man out to be a mouthpiece for him and to be a mouthpiece for his word. And says, Samuel, don't be afraid. I'm with you. And he knew the Lord was with him. He knew that he had a, a great task to take over. But he was a judge and a prophet of the Lord and a preacher and a priest in a time where they had none. And he served the Lord his whole life, folks. He did mighty things in the name of the Lord because he was listening to what the Lord had to say. And when he talked, when he prayed, the Lord bent his ear low to listen to Samuel's request. And the Lord granted his request because his heart was in tune with the Lord. Each beat of his heart was in tune with the Lord's, his heartbeat, his heart drive for the land. That's where we should be, folks. That's where we should be daily. It's have compassion to God for other people. Have gratitude for what God has done for us. Christ Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Thank him every day for our salvation. Thank him every day for the, give us the means to get our legs out of bed, our feet hit the floor, and to walk even to the kitchen to get a cup of water or to get a cup of coffee. Just thank him for those moments. See, the gratitude of the heart, folks. And as we, as we give him gratitude, as we thank him for his provision, he gives us new vision. 
That's the same word of the church family. He gives us a new vision. What should we do this year? To be a vision, to be a vessel to serve this community. Well, Vacation Bible School is a big one. It was last year. I say this year, it's Vacation Bible School. But not only that, it's every ministry that we do individually every day. See? We get charged here to go out there to be missionaries every day in their workplaces. And we've touched many people. We've touched more people than we ever know we've touched. And we never know until the day we get to heaven we're going to say praise Jesus for it all because he's the one that gives us the power to do it. And our minds should stay on him and say, Lord, fill me with thy peace and thy understanding that I may get all this garbage that I have in my system out. When I go to work, let me be a let me be a vessel of peace and mercy and grace and a vessel to bring other people and give them hope that only you can give. And I'll give you the praise and honor and all the glory. And I'll be grateful for what you have given me and placed before me. In Jesus' name, I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, wrought by the Father's hands, and I am a vessel, a mouthpiece, to go out to others and say, there is hope. There is a light in the darkness, folks. And Jesus is the light. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, Lord, just thanking you for the precious ministry you've placed in each one of our hands. The very second we accepted you as Savior. Your precious Son's blood covers all unrighteousness, Father. We thank you for the privilege of being able to meet here today, Father, and all the different things society has pushed towards men and women to keep them from coming to God's house. In the name of recreation, in the name of pleasure, in the name of some other studies, Father, some other gathering that we've come today, Father, to hear the words of God, to hear of the heroes of faith, Father, who took your word to heart and took the word and multiplied it in their communities and their nations. And Father, we give you praise today for who you are, Father, for loving your children Forgive us the, the, un, the unmerited favor that we have with you, Father, through amazing grace, through your precious Son's blood, and through the power of your Holy Ghost. We may walk in the faith and knowledge and be those lights that shine, Father, all in the dark parts of this earth. For us, this in Jesus' precious name, amen.